and we just all sat in, in the living room and just hugged each other. Cause we, that's what we, we thought we made it. And when, you, when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups. Screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street. Put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to the Nick Ish Podcast. This is episode number 21. My name is Mo, and I'm here with my boy Nafi. What's good, bro? How you doing? It's been a long time. We've been on a kind of a kind of a hiatus. Yeah, I mean, unintentional hiatus, but uh, I mean, what more can we say? Life got in the way. I mean, those of our listeners that are familiar with us, uh, we are two Bengali dudes of Queens that grew up Muslim, so Ramadan obviously played a part. And us uh, making it tough for us to record and, you know, schedule something. But, you know, a lot's happened in the last month, bro. I mean, some major shit happened in the last few days. But yeah. congrats, we'll to, congrats to your little brother, yo. He just got married uh, to to to, uh, um, to another human being. To yes. human being. I think, uh, <laughs> lost my track of words there. It's been a long time. Yes. I'm, a little, I'm a little rusty, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time since we recorded, but I'm sure you sp- you've spoken in the last month have, or so. I have, Hopefully, yes. words, yeah, <laughs> gotta put them together, make sentences. Yes, I, I'm working on that. I've been stuck in the cubicle all day, just talking to nobody. Sometimes, just in my, in my own world, doing my own shit. You know how it is. Yeah, bro. I mean, that cubicle job. People don't like under people underrate the fact that like if you don't got meetings or shit, and you're working at your cubicle, you could literally go a whole day without saying a word. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got no meetings and shit. This is weird. 
It really so is. Like at the end of, so, like, at the end of the work day, you'd be like, damn, this is the first time I've actually spoken words today. Mm-hmm. Shit's wild. Yeah, and I work at construction sites so sometimes, so sometimes I'm in the office all day, sometimes I'm in on a site all day where it's a lot of shit. Um, but... Yes, there there are days that go by where it's just me. It, well, I, I have my own office, but sometimes no oh, one comes in or out. Light flex, yeah. just a light flex for <laughs> us. Light, you know, right. light flex, you know <laughs> uh, no cubicle there. Um, but yeah, sometimes days go by. But that's that's besides the point. So your brother got married, which is nice. Congrats to congrats to Rafi. Um, and you know, Eid Eid came by and went. Um, so Eid Mubarak to Eid, our listeners. Yep, those, those who celebrate and partake, including present company, us. So, yep. Eid Mubarak, bro. Eid Mubarak, man. Uh, you, we weren't in the same place at the same time, so we couldn't see each other. But we'll we'll see each other soon. You can give me that that ED since you're a little older. Um, I'll take I'll take in cash, Venmo, quick pace, cool. You got me fucked up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but listen, we, we, we haven't recorded in a long time. The last time we recorded was during the draft lottery when the Knicks got the third pick and we just, there's just so much has happened since then that we really didn't get to discuss. Uh, we did miss out on doing playoff predictions, which, which, you know, I, I, I we were planning on doing it. It just didn't, didn't happen, unfortunately, but we can do one more. Uh, which might possibly be the last one because tonight is game six between the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. So they're playing at Oracle. Uh, Warriors kind of got the momentum because they won game five, even though Kevin Durant got injured. So who you got? Oh, man. Thought we, were gonna t- we weren't going to touch on the injury until later because uh, the fields hit hard, bro. But, um, yeah, I mean – I mean, yo, let's be honest. The, the Raptors look like they they got you know, the Warriors number. It was literally in those like what was it, twelve minutes that KD played, where Warriors looked like the much better team. Yep. And that that says a lot about the kind of all time great Hall of Fame caliber talent that KD is. He came back when he shouldn't have, and he still looked like the best player on the court. You know what I mean? But um, my gut feeling this is probably not even just rational or logical. My gut feeling is the Warriors take it tonight. Mm. It's the last game ever at Oracle Arena, you know what I mean? Because before they move it to the next, the new arena in uh, San Francisco next year. So this is literally like their last game playing in Oakland. So I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's like a huge cultural kind of divide between Oakland and uh, San Francisco. And a lot of the players themselves are talking about it. talking about how, like they want to see this place off right because a lot of the true Warriors fans that kind of rode for the Warriors before this whole dynasty became a thing, but you got a lawnmower in your room, or what's going on over there? <laughs> nah, it's a it's a motorcycle, which you can still hear for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lost my train of thought, but uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, San Francisco, um, Oakland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean, I think it was Iggy that said like a lot of the true Warriors fans that like were there from the beginning kind of got priced out in the last couple of years because of the dynasty, you know, because like it's like a change in demographic and went from like the middle class folks that could afford to like that could barely afford to attend the games got replaced by like, the the Silicon Valley tech bros and tech people and shit like that. So um, Iggy was saying they want to do it for the true Warriors fans because I mean a lot of people forget before this whole dynasty took off in the last five years the Warriors like were basically like the Knicks of the West. You know like they're they never won a title before that. Um, they were pretty much incompetent um, from like the nineties until like. 
like uh, Curry and, and took off, and the Curry the Splash Brothers took off. So, um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a huge emotional roller coaster, and obviously like they 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 got shirts printed up saying "Do it for uh, Do it for KD." So I think uh, they squeak out a win tonight, and then Game Seven in Toronto, where you know that, that's our prediction will come when that happens. But I, I'm going with the, the Warriors tonight, bro. Who are you going with? Um, I think. Well, I, I think back to two years ago, uh, or was it three, three years ago, when the Cavs were in the same position, and any game that they had to play, they had to have legendary performances to really win those games. Uh, LeBron had to play, had to score so many points. Kyrie had to go off, um, and they 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 had legendary performances to really win out those games. Now, I think I think my vote would have to go to Toronto. Um, I think they sh- they they should have won the last game. Kawhi Leonard scored, I believe, six or nine in a row, and then for some reason Nick Nurse called a timeout uh, while they had the ball. I still don't know why he did that. He kind of killed the momentum, and uh, Stephen Clay just hit a three. They won the game, but I think they kind of got a little lucky there. Um, I I hear you with the whole, you know, we believe in, we believe in like that kind of mentality that they have. Uh, do it for Katie, do it for Oracle, and all that. Clay had a really heartfelt message today. I don't know if you saw. He posted on Instagram, um, and just saying a lot of good stuff about Kevin Durant, which was nice. Um, but I think that. It's it's ride or die between how Steph Curry plays, obviously, but I think he would have to score at least like you know forty five points. Clay can't miss any shots. Draymond has to make as little mistakes as possible, and their role players have to play at a much higher level for them to come out of this. And that's what the Cavs did mm-hmm. a few years ago. I think I think the the Warriors would have to do the same, but I I don't think that's gonna happen tonight. I think the the NBA season is gonna end tonight. Shit is crazy, bro. I mean, it feels like tonight it's like, do you remember Endgame seeing like the original Trinity walk up to Thanos while he was just chilling? There's Thor, Cap, and Tony. Mm-hmm. That's Draymond, Clay, and Steph tonight, bro. Walking into Oracle. I mean, backs against their wall. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it is, it's a great storyline and all that. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to ride with the Warriors just because like, I feel like you're right. They pretty much everything has to go right for him. Curry got a ball out. Clay got to heat up, go supernova. Draymond, he just need to hit open shots and keep doing what he's been doing on offense and in terms of his, not offense on on defense in terms of his passing. Because I mean, since he lost like 15, 20 pounds for like the late in the season to now, he's been looking like the old Draymond. Mm-hmm. Um, Iggy got to hit shots. You know, I mean, I, I think that's what uh, kind of propelled him in the Rocket series. Iggy made mad threes. I think there was one game he made like three threes in a row. That were just backbreakers for the for the Rockets. So it's like performances like that, and I mean the Cavs comparison is pretty good because I uh, like if people are kind of fuzzy on 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 that series. It was like LeBron and Kyrie did their thing, but it was also like Jr. was heating up. You know, um, Love wasn't good on offense, but he was like doing his part on defense, and in fact like shut down Curry on the final possession. Tristan Thompson pay, played out of his mind. Like probably the best basketball he's ever played in his career, and never even sniffed that level of play since. So, I mean, it's got to be like one of those kind of nights. And I think underrated storyline going in tonight. I mean, game's about to start. I mean, we're recording right as this game is about to start. So, those who are listening to this episode, you guys already know the result. So, um, just given that, like, I think underrated storyline tonight is just whether Boogie can come through. Just, just mm-hmm. one like one fire performance because he he was pretty good in that game. I think it was game two, passing well. Um, 
had some good boards and all that, but he definitely looked like a dude that's just like hurt to look like himself. But if he could actually will his body to just perform at a at the level that even is seventy five percent of his peak, I think it'll be enough. But there's a lot of factors. I I realize I'm picking the underdog, which is wild to say about the Warriors, but it's crazy, bro. Do you do you want the Warriors to win? Even though you saw I, I know how, how much you love Kevin Durant, but uh I think you and I Yeah, they did him agree. dirty. They did him they dirty, did him absolutely. Dirty. So do you think that do you want them to win? Well we'll touch on how they did him dirty later on, but my thing is the Warriors organization fucked them. I don't think it was the players. I think the players had a small part. Just I feel like um maybe they kinda of put indirect pressure on them, but also just like they're doing it for KD, and it's not and like if KD wants to win, I want the Warriors to win, you know. And I would have probably rooted for the Raptors 100%, but their fans are some dickheads, bro. They cheered his injury live on television. You had motherfuckers waving at KD goodbye, and they tuned into like the arena or the fans outside the arena at that shit called Jurassic Park, and they the was going are, crazy. It's, it's getting so annoying. Um, bro, how also, are you a professional I, I, basketball team with a fucking mascot and whole branding named after a movie from the 90s how's that still a thing <laughs> now to to be fair um they they definitely shouldn't have cheered but i think what what happened was that they cheered because they know that they have a chance to win because kevin durant was lighting it up um it's still, it's still dirty bro it's absolutely, like, it, it's, absolutely dirty no no doubt about that i don't think there's any excuse for it bro there were like th- reporters in the arena that were just like shocked at it they you know, were, that were close yeah, by yeah and then, yo, the Raptors players themselves, I think it was Lowry, Ibaka, and Daniel Green had to tell these motherfuckers to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, don't do that shit. Yeah. That's that's shameful, bro. Yeah. And I know it's like adrenaline and all that, but, like, they got to just take that out. Like, no excusing it. And I don't want to, like, cut you off too much, but, like, I, I, I'm not going to, like, kind of just let people or like, just let that be rationalized, you know? Like, it's just, it's just fucked up, bro. It's really just fucked up. Like, you zoom in on that scene where, like, KD's, like, looking at his foot trying to see what the fuck happened to him. There's fans in the background waving. I saw a pair of white dudes like fist bumping each other, like like they did some shit, like they won the fucking title. Like get out of here, man. Like that's disgusting. Yeah, but it definitely. I I don't disagree, but I I think it is fair to just to add on just a little bit more to it that once they realized that it, it was more of a serious injury, they started chanting his name and started clapping. They did feel bad. Uh, Toronto is like notoriously, or not really notorious. They're just known to be very nice people. So this was this was mm-hmm. very surprising for all of us fans and like reporters included. Um, I think, I think they thought that the injury wasn't as bad as it was because he didn't look like he was in that much pain. You know what I mean? I uh, again, not to. I agree. They shouldn't have cheered when a player is injured or all that. Of course, you know how much I love KD. But I, I think that they just didn't realize how bad it was um, versus, you know, other injuries that you see players are in clear, you know, pain, in like clear pain, especially like when a player tears his, his ACL, you know that some shit happened. Um, My thing is, uh, these fans are all aware like we are because we're all basketball fans at the end of the day. So when that injury initially happened a month ago, people, every, every basketball fan around the world realized how scary that was. So it was like a repeat of that. So it's like... I, like, I can't even let that fly. It's like, well, they didn't realize the severity of it. Like, he came back a month after uh, a sketchy, like, quote-unquote calf injury. Mm-hmm. And, like, that same area, he's grabbing it and shit. So, like, I feel like any fan, I mean, any fan at that moment realized, oh, shit, like, 
that's fucked up. Like this, this is literally looking like the worst case scenario, and it turned out to be the worst case scenario. So, I mean, those fans are trash. You know, I mean, major reason why I'm not, I'm not rooting for Toronto. But I mean, root for Kawhi though. I mean, if we want to get into our playoff tidbits, because um, yeah. we haven't really, um, let's start with Kawhi, bro. Fucking monster, absolute fucking monster. I, I feel bad that I didn't put him higher on my list before. Um as like a player to like really look out for. We all knew like he's amazing to to go so far as hitting a game 7 buzzer beater, uh destroying Giannis's team, um and destroying the Warriors. That's I I I I'd be lying if I said I saw it coming. I really thought the Bucks were going to make it to the finals. Um I thought the Sixers mm-hmm. had a good chance against the Raptors. They did make it a game 7. Um but Kawhi fucking Leonard, he's top etched himself into a top three some maybe even top two player yeah his legacy is sealed if they win the ring tonight i mean and for proper contacts in the playoffs like in back-to-back series he had Embiid in tears and then he had Giannis in tears yeah. that boy <laughs> locked up Giannis. like yeah. oh my goodness gracious bro i mean and then i think it was like a year or two ago i was watching ball with uh my cousins and my brother and i was just like yo Kawhi's game looking a little like like MJ a little mm-hmm. bit, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Mid-range all that. Nobody else had that comparison back then. Now it's like all like all you hear, Kawhi, Michael Jordan, all that, you know what I mean? So it's good to feel validated, at least to know that I know what the fuck I'm talking about a little bit. <laughs> I, I think my but, favorite thing about Kawhi right now is a killer mentality. Just like, yeah, like when they won, I think it was game four, None of the Raptors players were smiling. There was a whole video of all of them walking through the locker room, not one smile, even though they just won a finals game. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, Kawhi. And this is the first time in the NBA Finals. Uh, you'd expect them to be excited that they won a game and they're one step closer. They won three three out of, you know, four necessary games to win. And they weren't mm-hmm. happy. And it just goes to show how much of an effect Kawhi Leonard had on his team. And he just has that killer mentality that, like, you know, like Kobe said, um, when a reporter asked him, like, if, are you happy? He's like, oh, the job's not done. Why should I be happy? Or something like that. Exactly. Um, Kawhi. Yeah. Kawhi's that. Kawhi's today's version of that. Yeah. I mean, you can tell in that video when they're walking, they're taking after their leader. You know, mm-hmm. like cold. Like, and I say this with all, all compliment intended. Like, Kawhi's a fucking sociopath, bro. Psychopath. <laughs> all that. I meant that in a basketball way. That dude is a cold-blooded killer. And when we move on to discuss the free agency, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit the about NBA that. Needs but um. That. The NBA that was missing that was so that was sorely missing once Kobe retired. I don't think LeBron really like displayed that killer mentality as much, but Kawhi is really showing it, and I love it. Yeah, LeBron got like that magic, like charming, like uh, he's all about having fun, goofball yeah. vibe to him. And like that's not to say LeBron ain't got that killer in him either. I mean, same as Magic, mm-hmm. but their overall like disposition, I think he's more like Magic than he was like Jordan or Kobe ever. But Kawhi's taking that mantle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. That dude is ruthless and man. I thought Giannis was gonna be the next. I thought Giannis was gonna was gonna be that. He he is, but not as much as Kawhi right now. Giannis. <clears> yeah, I mean, I, I mean that that kind of moves into our next tidbit. Just about Giannis. Like, I don't want to say we crowned him too soon, but like there are definitely some kinks in this game he's got to work out. And first first and foremost is his jumper because, you know, he's basically Shaq at the rim. You know. Driving to the rim, he's just like unstoppable. But if once he gets like a consistent jumper, and I think he's closer to that than like Ben Simmons is. But like once he gets that jumper, he can become a threat from there. You know, at 30, 32, 30, 35% for three, it'll just open up everything. You know, just 
And I also feel like Milwaukee, I think what they missed, and I think Toronto had them on, was just like they missed shot creation. You know what I mean? Like having like the secondary guys to kind of create offense. It was literally for like Milwaukee, it was just Giannis, like as a primary facilitator. Um, Bledsoe didn't really show up. Um, Middleton is just like more of a spot up, catch and shoot, uh, and in mid post, mid range area kind of guy, but not really like facilitator. But. You know, but then, like, you see Toronto, they got so many guys that create. Lowry's an elite passer. You know, some of these passes he's made in these finals have been beautiful, bro. Yep. Um, Gasol's a beautiful passer. Um, Fred Van Vliet, that man had a son and suddenly became God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you got any, you got any other takeaways? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, for, for the Bucks, as far as facilitators go, they had Brogdon, but he was injured for a while, so they were missing out on on him for 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 a good while, um, true, but true. I want to say that I'm happy with with the with the way the Bucks play. These they're still a young core, and they're definitely looks like looks like they're definitely gonna be going for the Eastern Conference Finals at least for for a while. And Budenholzer killed it his first year as a Bucks coach. So did Nick Nurse. We got to give him credit, even though he fucked up the last game. First year head coach of of a Raptors team that just lost their franchise player of the last you know six seven years. And took over mm. after Dwayne K- after Dwayne Casey left. He did an amazing job taking the team to the finals. Um, another player yeah. that deserves credit absolutely is Damian Lillard, and you kind of owe the man an apology. Uh, earlier this season and maybe multiple episodes, you were just like, "Nah, man, Dan- not not Damian Lillard. He he fucked up last season. He he choked against the Pelicans." But you gotta you gotta give him his credit. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. I mean, to be honest, to be fair, everybody was down on Lillard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew, like, like I think I said in our inaugural episode of the of the podcast, Drew Holiday had that boy in Rikers Island. So, I mean, <laughs> credit to not, not just Dame, but just the Blazers themselves. I mean, all all last summer, people were talking about you know, they got to blow it up, they got to retool and all that, but they stuck to their guns. And um, I feel like they had some favorable luck in terms of matchups, you know? Like, who they have in the first round? I think it was like... Shit, I don't even uh, remember. Thunder. thunder. Yeah, so like they had a Thunder team with a hobbled Paul George and a, and a Westbrook that like completely lost his jump shot. Um, and then they faced they faced um, what was it the the Nuggets, right? Yeah, and the Nuggets, whose like defense we all know is like almost non-existent. So I expected Dame to go off in that series, but like I mean, not to take away from any of that. Like they go from first round sweep to like to the Western Conference Finals. Like kudos to them and. Uh, I've never been the biggest Dame fan, but that dude is, uh, has always had my respect, you know? So uh, it's obvious he took his game to another level this year because, like, I think other than Curry, there's no other dude in the league I'm more scared of when he pulls up from, like, way back, uh, you know, from three. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. long-range, like, pull-up threes just from, like, damn near half court. He pretty much made that uh, arsenal in his, like, tool belt, tool belt, basically. And kudos to Dame, man. Like, he's a cold-blooded killer, you know? So... We'll see how what they do this this summer because I feel like the West is gonna have a shakeup. We'll show we'll show get on to when we talk about free agency, but um, yeah, I mean you're right. Kudos um, to Dave. Yeah, fuck Canner though. Yo, there. what's funny is that I was just about to give credit to Can. <laughs> I was just about to give credit to him. Don't give that full credit. No, no, no. Don't. Are you? No, yo, no, I have. To. I looked. I, I looked. No, no, I looked at the lineup data for the fucking the Rocket series. That man. He barely played that series. Crunch time minutes, they didn't even play him, which is exactly me, what the whole point was. You can't play him in crucial playoff moments. Let me he tell got, you they why. got away with. Let me tell they you got why away with credit, it. Though. 
let me let me let me give let me give my little spiel. They got away with it during the Nugget series because Jokic can't defend the luck either. You know what I mean? So it's like it's two small midgets fighting each other on defense in that series, <laughs> basically. Like the two tallest midgets of defense, basically playing playing each other. Um, but you know, I mean. Well, what's your what's your little defensive character? Because uh, it's not really about the game or like how he played, but you got to give the man credit for playing in the NBA playoffs while fasting. That I think that that deserves credit. Uh, apparently, before uh, before Ronald Don even started, he was he was fasting multiple days in preparation for the playoffs, and you got to give a man respect for being able to be surrounded uh, by people right, drinking water right. and like if people you're right, you're and right. like reporters were like showing it that he's fasting and it kind of just and like you know that was being posted all over social media and you kind of just got to res- respect that there's a muslim in the playoffs fasting and like you know not giving up on his not not like holding down on his faith for the sake of like his career and his job like obviously some people feel that they play better while drinking water like naturally but he still mm-hmm. You know, went ahead and uh, it was it was super late. Like I think Portland's, uh, I don't I don't know what time there was. I feel like I'm, they might have longer days. I might I'm not sure about that. But still, uh, while playing it, he had to play some heavy minutes earlier at least. Um, so that's the only reason why I would give Ennis Canner some credit, and that's that's the only thing. Not I don't not about how he actually played. He didn't play so bad in in I think two of the series. I think Thunder he didn't play so bad. Uh, and Nuggets, like you mentioned, but yeah, Rockets, he was once again um, exploited. I mean, you're right. Deserves credit for that, no doubt, honestly. Um, I do appreciate the fact that um, I think it was reported he reached out to Hakeem Olajuwon, who did the same uh, in his prime. He fasted during Ramadan, and I'm pretty sure Hakeem won a title while fasting um, that playoff run. So. Uh, that's a good dude to go to. So I don't think so because the playoffs would be around May, and they their championship run was in the '90s, and I don't think it was around that time then. I think it goes you're back right, to this right. month uh, every like 30 years or something like that. Yeah, I'm off to fact fact check that. But to be honest, I mean to be fair, that was it. '94 is damn near 30 years ago though. So 25. I think. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I mean we can verify that, but yeah, I mean. Props to Canner for reaching out to Hakeem for uh, for advice on that, and yeah, props to him for fasting while playing. But still, don't fuck with him. Still, don't <laughs> think any any team, any smart team is gonna try to pick him up this summer. But we'll see. Um, any other takeaways before we move on to the to the big the big uh, big tidbits? Yeah. Um, the gigantic woolly mammoth in the room. Yeah. Um, anything you want to say about Philly? They they um. Joel Embiid could have played a little better. Uh, I think the dude needs to really shape up better. He played amazing, but imagine he was a little bit healthier um, with his body. Like, he has a horrible diet, apparently. Apparently, he eats, like, fucking four ice cream bars or some shit, or four milkshakes after each game or something like that. Yeah. He, just has a horrib- he just has a horrible diet. Um, I And I hope mm-hmm. that this loss will only make him stronger. Same with Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler. Uh, they did play a great series against the Raptors. I didn't think they would make it a game seven, but they did. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping next season Ben Simmons comes back with at least a mid-ranger and Joel Embiid comes back slimmer and healthier. Yeah, I mean, it's wild to me that these elite athletes at this level, like some of them just still eat like trash and don't really change their diet and like lifestyle until like they absolutely need to. Like I think Draymond, like his whole renaissance this year, 
But there was a whole big ESPN article about it. He just completely changed his diet for the first time in a while. And then, like, look what happened. Lost 50, 20 pounds. And he looks like 2016 or 2015 Draymond. So, um, same thing with, like, Oladipo, like, two years ago. Like, completely just switched up his lifestyle. So, uh, hopefully MB does the same. Because I think you could tell just watching Philly play. Just, like, once he gets, like, 30-minute mark that where MB plays, he just looks gas, bro. Mm-hmm. Hands on his knees, just lumbering around, exhausted. So, um, and uh like I, I echo your sentiments or echo your whole like like statement about uh Simmons. It's like dude definitely gotta get a jumper, at least a mid range, just be willing to take them too. Because I think it's it's a one thing to develop a shot, but it's also another thing to have the aggression like the aggression to like shoot it when given the opportunity, you know. He can't be tentative with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing and my biggest takeaway for Philly was like they definitely gotta bring Jimmy Butler back. Cause uh Tobias was like hit or miss, you know. In, in that Raptor series, um, he, he came through against Brooklyn, but you know Brooklyn's way. I don't really consider them like a playoff uh, caliber kind of squad. They just happen to be in the East. But um, Jimmy's just um, he's just the most complete shot creator. You know, he had a he has a jumper. He has the ability to take it to the rim anytime he wants. Uh, good passer, um, really good defensively, and he's just a dog out there in terms of like leadership. You know, yep. So I think he's essential for them to bring back. And um, I know they gave up a lot to get Tobias, but I think uh, if it comes down to it, um, honestly, I feel like just retain Jimmy, let Tobias go and use that cap space to kind of just fill out their depth because that's another thing about Philly. They just really, really need solid solid role players to complement their big big three, you know? Yep. Um, they didn't really have anybody come through like consistently in terms of, um, you know, role players like we see with the Raptors, you know, with the Raptors, it's like every other game. I feel like it's like a big game from somebody, uh, a minor player, or a role player. So um, definitely kudos to Philly and just like seeing what Toronto's doing. Um, the fact that Philly took them to seven, I feel like Philly could have given Milwaukee a run too and just been able to give like Golden State kind of a fight this, this series too, especially without KD and all these injuries like the Warriors that, that suffered. So I think Philly's trajectory is kind of crazy, bro. Like they they might be running the East next year. Um. Yeah, my hope is that Jimmy stays with with Phil. I think he fits really, really well with them. Um, especially since Ben Simmons doesn't have a jumper. Um, and they're still both young. They're still. I don't think there's like. I I think this series and this season will really humble them down. I think that was a little annoying. And I think it was a little distracting for them. I think next season they'll come back more focused and realize and learn from their mistakes from last season. And I think Philly is really a mm-hmm. team to watch out for. I'm excited about the East still. Um. No doubt. It really matters where Kawhi ends up, um, but the East looks like it's it's doing well so far. At least the top four or five teams. Um, but let's let's move forward uh, and let's talk about the Knicks. First off, um, anything against R.J. Barrett for the draft? Yes or no? Anything against R.J. Barrett? Yeah. Um, not really a fan of him being from Canada, but what are you gonna mm-hmm. do, right? But I mean, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So we're in agreement. Yeah, we're, RJ's a pick, bro. RJ's a pick. We're down for Gotta RJ be. Barrett. Uh, that's the first off the list. Second, <laughs> because of Kevin Durant's injury and because of the Lumen free agency, there's so there's there's so many different scenarios that that you can that the Knicks can have. Um, and in it's still a really nice thing that that there's so many options for the Knicks. They're not only hell bent on getting one player, or they're not like marred by by lack of cap space, or they don't have the number five pick. Like in reality, I, I you gotta count your blessings. And right now, the Knicks are still in a fairly good, fairly good position. 
They have $72 million in cap space. They still have the big, the most cap space from any team in the NBA. Kevin Durant is still linked to the Knicks. Um, and they still have the third pick. And R.J. Barrett is was was the consensus number one pick coming into last season until Zion mm-hmm. played one game. And they realized that Zion's the consensus number one pick. But R.J. Barrett is still extremely good. Um, and he wants to join New York. New York was the only team that he um, worked out for. So... Multiple. And is trying to work out for like yeah. he, he's not even trying to sniff Memphis, who has a number two pick. So that tells you a lot, you know what I mean? Like he'd rather go number three t- to us than um, higher, you know. And that's it's crazy, you know. Like he's, the, I think it was a couple years ago, some like agents didn't even want their prospects to work out for the Knicks when we had Phil in charge, you know, because they didn't like the atmosphere. And now it's like the most high or one of the most highly touted prospects. He's just like, I right, nope, I want to be here. I'm not gonna work out for nobody else. So kind of heartwarming you know definitely he could have worked out for la he didn't um so the different routes that the knicks can go by let's 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 put it all on the table right now um the first of which before free agency the knicks can trade for the brow anthony davis from the new orleans pelicans um the knicks are one of two teams that anthony davis directly has mentioned he would sign with long term along with the la lakers uh, a third team that apparently has interest in in Anthony Davis is the ball, are the Boston Celtics, and I think the Nets the Nets are even connected to to AD. So, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis has a potential trade target pre free agency, even possibly post free agency. The other player that we should keep an eye out for is possibly Bradley Beal, um, another top level player for from the Wizards who isn't really in a good position. And the Wizards should go in full and tank mode. So. Um, it would be a good idea for them to trade away Bradley Beal and try to get some picks. Um, and... Seems like Beal is like being tied to Pelicans. Uh, it definitely yeah. seems like Griffin is not just trying to go use. He wants to get like a kind of a youngish, ready-made all-star to pair with Zion, mm-hmm. which I don't think is honestly a bad idea. Like it's you, Zion's a special talent, special talent, right? So you might as well put around, put as much talent around him as possible as quick as you can. I mean, if you're not like mortgaging your future for it, so um, yeah. But continue. Um. Yeah. So, there. Those are the three or four teams that are connected with Anthony Davis. And as far as free agency goes, again, the top free agents are Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Kemba Walker, and like Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And then there's some there are a few other players. So, the Knicks for the better part of a year have been connected with Kyrie and Kevin Durant as a combination. Report came out today that apparently Kyrie Irving is preparing himself to sign a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. So yep, Kyrie might, Kyrie looks like Kyrie is off the table. Again, nothing is solidified until they actually sign with the team because I mean that just goes to show you how unpredictable the NBA is. Uh we were we were told for so long that Kyrie and Kevin Durant are both coming to the Knicks. We were under that impression for so long and now he's connected with the Nets. They have enough they should have enough cap space to sign another max free agent. They still have D'Angelo Russell, who they might consider re-signing, but there is a chance that Kevin Durant is connected to the Nets. Other teams to look out for are the Clippers um, and the Lakers. The Lakers can sign one max free agent, and uh, the Clippers should be able to sign two. So that all being said, we're I, it's so hard to even figure out where to begin. I mean, I just want to kind of like to jump off the Kyrie point there. So yeah. for added context, um. Yeah, we heard all the smoke for Kyrie and KD, right? But um, for a while, basically, building up through the season. And folks can go back to our, our KP episode where, um, you know, a lot of reported at that time were pretty much intimating that, like, KD was a lock 
and then the second match was uh, for Kyrie. But um, interesting news came out recently um, from a former NFL player and Hall of Famer Chris Carter, uh, who our listeners might not be familiar with, but the dude was a beast when he played, and um, um, he's been a pretty pretty much banging the drum the last few months about uh, the Knicks being a legitimate candidate for Kawhi. And for background, um, I believe it's either Chris Carter's little brother or his son that is actually, like, part of Kawhi's team and, like, entourage. You know what I mean? So, like, he has legitimate connections to Kawhi. And he's been kind of banging the Kawhi to New York drum for the last couple months uh, before it ever came out. And it was only just last week where um, I think it was uh, SNY, um, Ian Bagley was saying, like, we're going to go after him and, uh, the Knicks believe they have a shot or something like that. So it's just become recently coming out. So, um, and, but to go back to Kyrie, Chris Carter was saying that um, on uh, his Fox Sports show that uh, basically the interest in Kyrie <clears throat> is uh, not from from Knicks side is uh, a lot stronger or a lot weaker than perceived. So like the public perception is is a is basically where we've been all in on Kyrie, you know what I mean? But, like, internally, the Knicks, their main goal is KD and Kawhi. And um, their priority is KD and Kawhi, which I think that kind of, well, to me, this is all speculation, but I'm trying to just connect, like, this is what we do every summer as NBA fans with free agency drama. you got to connect the dots with these rumors. It makes sense that, like, within the last month is when the Nets to, or the Kyrie to the Nets thing kind of picked up steam, you know? I think Kyrie heard from back tra- from back channel sources and just from like talking to people that the Knicks weren't as weren't going to go after him as a priority. So that's why he pivoted to Brooklyn because I think he wanted to be in New York City, and his preference is the Knicks. But that wasn't reciprocated because I think the Knicks um, they for sure want to go after Kawhi, but the question is whether they got him already lined up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for further context, um, Kawhi's uncle Dennis who. Um, who's basically his father figure after Kawhi's actual father was tragically killed about 10 years ago, um, has basically been Kawhi's mentor throughout all thing. And he's, you know, in some circles is infamous uh, from last year, from what happened with the Spurs. So, um, yeah, so his uncle Dennis is basically from the New Jersey area. And uh, Kawhi all last year spent a year in New York City rehabbing, spending time in the area. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind, just given the way how the NBA works with tampering and back channel conversations and all that, that uh, Kawhi's people probably connected with uh, Scott Perry in our front office at certain points. You know what I mean? Because Perry seemed like the kind of savvy dude to do that. I mean, we hear that the same shit all the time about Perry and uh, Rich Kleinman and uh, KD's people. So um, it's interesting. I think Kate, like if I think, I mean, what are your takes, honestly, before I go even further? Which with with regards to what there's just there's so many just the whole just the whole Kyrie Brooklyn thing that I just kind of uh, spelled out like this you think there's any legitimacy to that whole idea that like KD or not KD that Ky- you know this all side note it's trash if all the biggest players this season are like all have like K names it's just fucking me up I, like yeah, slipping really, the tongue five Kawhi K's. to Ky- Kyrie to KD to Clay like Kemba we didn't even get to Kemba it's just it's annoying like <laughs> I would be talking about Kyrie when I meant to say KD and. <laughs> Uh, but and yeah, you, Kyrie, you got AD Brooklyn. who sounds like KD, and it's just like, come on, just make one that's easy. Um, go ahead, you're saying. No, I'm just, you know, just that whole, just first of all, Chris Carter, you know, yeah. his legitimacy, and then the whole Kyrie to Brooklyn thing being a thing because um, he knows that we've got somebody else lined up possibly, aka Kawhi. So, um, what do you make of that? 
Okay, so all your points are based off sources, so we got the sources part out of the way, so now I'll tell you my gut feelings and what I what I think that the front office might be thinking. Complete speculation straight out of my own head. Um, I think that the front office might have been turned off by Kyrie Irving at, based off his performance this last last year. Um, him constantly calling out the, all the other Celtics players, him bricking the entire postseason last few games. It, it just didn't look like he really cared. Um, the Celtics were on the brink of the NBA Finals. He comes back, they don't make it. They just they just didn't play well all season. They He has a world-class head coach, and the coach couldn't control the, the players. Um, I feel like low-key, they're kind of turned off by that, and they weren't really ready to bring him in to, to be a mentor to all the young players that they have, especially when you have a coach like Fizdale who's all about mentoring the kids and growing them up and mm-hmm. taking care of them. Completely my, my inner feelings. Now, when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to come to the Knicks. I, I pray he does. That would be the best-case scenario, especially the way he's playing. But I think Kawhi Leonard is kind of as as quiet as he is. I think he's as simple as it gets. He drives like a fucking Camry and like does not care about the media. When they won the, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, they were trying to give him the trophy to put up. And if you see the video footage of it, he like shows his hand. He's like, "No, I don't want, I don't want to do it." And then the rest of the scene's like kind of like pressuring. They're like, "No, no, take the take the trophy," or and he took it and then he rose, he like held it up and trying trying to crowd like cheer for him. But like majority of players, when they're given a trophy to to hold up for the city, they'll do it like happily. He's the first player I've ever seen be as humble as that and not do it. So a player like that connected to New York City, I it's hard to imagine that now. I mean, to, not to interject too rudely, but like we were on his initial list before he got traded to Toronto. Yes. Now, so like that that tells you something that like Kawhi, his uncle Dennis, and his people did have eyes on us going back to last year. Yeah, but, I don't, yeah, I don't continue. doubt that. I'm not saying that we're not in the running. I'm not saying we're not going to get a meeting. I think we will get a meeting, but ultimately, especially if the Raptors win the championship, I think he would stay in Toronto, um, or if not, go to LA, just because that's his hometown. Apart from apart from rehabbing in New York and apart from his uncle um, living nearby, that's really the only connection that Kawhi Leonard has to New York. He just won a Game 7 buzzer beater, and that's the first bit of emotion we've ever seen from him when he won that. And the whole and he's he's from a the, the organization of the, of the Raptors. Masai Ujiri is great. Uh, Nick Nurse, I believe, he has a great relationship with Kawhi Leonard. He's in he's in a he's in a great position right now, and they they're about to win a championship, and the whole country is like loving him. But also at the same time, you don't really know if that matters to him. But he's getting the simple life, and Toronto is, I don't want to say it's as simple as it gets, but it's it's simpler than New York City and all the media attention that he gets. So. I, I think that the Clippers and the Raptors have a better chance than us. There is, you know, those sources that you said, but I don't think I don't think there's enough reason for us to really truly believe that he would come here. I mean, it will raise some eyebrows for literally the first meeting Kawhi takes, mm-hmm. um, which sounds like it could possibly be. Um, not to definite, but in uh, the SNY report that Bagley put out earlier this week, he said uh, Kawhi is probably going to be the first call we make. And I think that makes sense because from just from the last six months or so, it seems like the KD thing, um, despite the terrible ass fucking injury, um, he, it, he's been lined up, you know, like, so I think there's a little bit more convincing to do with Kawhi, but um, I feel you on that, you know, um, I did see an article, fuck, I'm trying to remember where, but I, I want to say uh, um, NBC Sports, um, they had sourced somewhere else, but um, 
the report was saying that the Clippers are actually preparing um, most of their preparation in recent months for free agency and recent weeks, rather, has been with the impression that they're not going to get Kawhi, which is interesting to me. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get him. Um, the article pretty much said that it that the article, the writer of the article pretty much took it to mean as in like the Clippers themselves think Kawhi's going to stay in Toronto, but um, that wasn't ex- explicitly stated by the source. It just said that the Clippers are preparing as if they're not going to get Kawhi. Um, I just think with Toronto, like, yeah. there was that video that went viral a couple couple weeks back when uh, they beat Milwaukee, I think. Um, his sister pretty much in the video, um, and there's somebody in the background saying, uh, like, something along the lines of, we're not going to be here anyway next year, you know? So I think just Kawhi and his people, I mean, Winning a title obviously is a big factor, but I mean, would you be shocked if you were to win a title and dip? This is the same dude that kind of just cut off, cut himself off from the most prestigious organization in the sport in the last fifteen years. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I I would be surprised if he joins the Knicks, to be honest. But let me let, can I ask you a question? Um, well, let me ask you a question. We when people ask you and me why why should Kevin Durant join the Knicks, we have a plethora of reasons for it. A lot of which are is money and legacy and all that. And he has Warriors on as like a chip on his shoulders and like, uh, like that championship not really meaning as much as it could. When Kawhi wins his championship with Toronto, if he wins it, it's going to mean a lot for his legacy. Why would Kawhi Leonard, apart from his uncle wanting to be here, wanting him to be here, and maybe like sponsorship money, which you and I both know isn't really a big deal to him, especially since he joined, um, what was the shoe deal that he has, Reebok. New balance. New balance. Even worse. Yeah. Even worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would Kawhi Leonard want to join the New York Knicks? It's a, it's a, it's an interesting question because at this stage in the game, um, these superstar players are different, bro. Like, why would Kyrie leave LeBron James after winning a championship with him, right? Like, why would? KD leave a ready-made dynasty in Golden State, you know, which seems like he's ready he's about to do, you know. Um, I think the same thing with Kawhi is just, I don't know, I feel like just, uh, this goes back to something I read last year with um, when he broke off from Jordan Brand. And it was just basically him and his people were just like, Jordan Brand wasn't doing enough to elevate Kawhi to that superstar status, you know what I mean? And Jordan, ba- Jordan Brand rebuttal was just like, Kawhi didn't really have like, personality to put in that status in terms of like marketing wise and all that so i think his people are keenly aware of that you know i just feel like if it's to reach that that apex in terms of just like legendary status him coming to new york and lifting this franchise you know the new york knicks it's irrelevant the same along the same lines that we were talking about the motivations for kd you know i mean people question his 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 like the legitimacy of his rings and all that, which seems like it was bullshit when people kept saying it for Mad Long, but it's extra bullshit now given what happened to him, the sacrifice he made and put the body on his line for that franchise. But I think that question is that that whole idea of just like raising your legacy and re- resurrecting a franchise, like it'll do, I just, it's just a big thing, I think. You know? Now, like, I mean, the yeah, resurrecting a franchise, he, he could do that with the Knicks, but that's that's what he's doing right now with the Raptors. That's exactly. What yeah, he's but he had. The yeah, but he had no. But he had no connections to the Raptors, so he didn't want to go there. He didn't. I mean, but he's he he's gained the legendary status. He's becoming a national. I I don't want to say I don't want to go so far as to say he's become like a national hero, but he kind of is because he's 
Toronto's the only team in Canada. And Kawhi Leonard, if you ask any you know fan who's the most simple player in the NBA, who else would you say besides Kawhi Leonard? He's as simple uh, as Giannis. A, nah, nah. Gian, Giannis. No, Giannis is pretty simple. Giannis that does, dude just loves basketball and smoothies. Yeah, but I mean, he he could be a close second because he wants to stay in Milwaukee for 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 some reason. But he's all supposedly, about like, allegedly. Supposedly, we'll see. We'll see next season um, when we try to recruit him. <laughs> when we talk about him next, um, that's two years from now. But uh, two years. Okay. He, he, we'll might, we'll he might. He might want to. He might want to trade. You never know. Um, for for some reason, who knows? You you, you never know in the NBA. But, yeah, well, well, we'll talk about it on our Sunday 9 a.m. ESPN show in two years. But uh, continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, yeah, basically, when it comes to as simple as it gets, simple mind—I don't want to say simple-minded, but like Kawhi Leonard is very—is is a very simple, basic guy. And as far as like, like you can, you can't—I don't think you can compare him with the way Kevin Durant is, because Kevin Durant, every everybody talked about as far as like him going to the Warriors, he's like taking the easy way out to winning a championship. He joined the team that beat his team, and he just joined a seventy-three win team. Like Kawhi Leonard, I don't think there's anything bad you could say about the guy. Um, everybody agrees that him wanting out of the Spurs made sense, especially when you see the Kevin Durant injury. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no no one has anything really bad to say against him. So I, I mean, I don't think that's it. That's I don't the, think the situ- Kawhi though, situation just... is any remote isn't even remotely close to the Kevin Durant situation. Yeah, but Kawhi got traded to a ready-made contender already. They were literally just one step away. We are just at the bottom of the pit, you know. They so were reviving one step the franchise. Away, but they took away their best player. So he, yeah, and, and their it, and their head coach wasn't the the coach that was leading them there wasn't there, so yeah. But Dwayne Casey wasn't that good of a coach either. I mean that's been said for years. He got into, he was a great regular season coach that always floundered in the playoffs until Masai Ujiri got sick of it. And then it's it doesn't change it. Like yeah, they lost their best player, but that Kawhi was literally taking the spot of that best player. So yeah, he stepped the, into a ready-made container and then contender and Pascal Siakam took another step up. Kyle, I'm saying, Lowry, like, Kyle Lowry and an unproven Pascal Siakam and Jonas Valanciunas is nothing compared to Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Yeah, but I'm not comparing it to the Warriors. You're doing that. I'm comparing it to the Knicks who have nothing. We have a bunch of young players and no sustained success. Like the Raptors, say what you will about their playoff like shortcomings, they were still a sustained contender for the last six, seven years. So Kawhi stepped into that mold that he took, he stepped into that situation ready-made for a playoff run. They made that trade with the whole intention of getting to the finals and going to get to where they are right now, you know? My biggest thing is, like, Kawhi didn't choose to go there. Kawhi didn't choose to go to the Raptors and make them a contender. He's just going and doing what he does, doing his job, which is balling the fuck out and being a cold-blooded killer. And, like, I'm not, like, adamantly saying, like, we're, we're a clear-cut better choice than the Raptors. I'm just trying to, like, rationalize the reasons for why we would even be an option. Right. And according to people that are actually connected to him, we are. You know what I mean? It's not like it's coming out of thin air. Like, Kawhi wasn't even on our radar in all our recordings until, like, now. You know what I mean? Because we didn't think it was possible. But we pre- there are pretty actual podcasts where we both say, like, yeah, he's probably out the question. This is KD and, KD and uh, Kyrie, you know? I mean, that's my biggest thing is it's, like, I'm trying to think of the motivations for it. And I, I want to just go back to a point I want to raise earlier. It's just last year when that whole drama with the Spurs was happening, there was even some reported that like Kawhi and his people just didn't like the fact that the Spurs organization and Pop were getting credit for the kind of player that Kawhi molded himself into being, you know? Like, I think that whole – I think what, he's, what Kawhi presents to the public isn't necessarily what he – personally sees himself as you know what i mean like i think he wants to be legendary he wants to be a, like 
that that guy. You know what I mean? That 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 elite top tier dude and be seen and go down in terms of his legacy as that kind of guy. And I think the fact that he wanted to kind of claim separation from the Spurs kind of legacy and dynasty and that whole injury fiasco was like a perfect way to do it, you know? He he wanted to claim ownership of his own of his own legacy. And I think what better way to do that than like like I said, similar to the motivation for KD coming here and bringing us back to the to the promised land, you know? I mean, I I see him being able to do that with the Raptors. He, he's about to give them their first championship. That's historic. He could get them more championships. He could go to L.A. Clippers and get them their first championship. So that that's just that's just my one qualm about the. I don't. Of course, I'd love to. Have oh, Kawhi. I mean, I, I hear I mean, you. Yeah, on, but I I hear you on the sources like... saying that they that he might that he'll get a meeting with the Knicks or the Knicks will get a meeting with him. That's that's great. I. I just don't see. Yeah, but my why... act like the context is saying like I'm saying New York above everything. I'm saying giving you a reason why he would even give us a consideration. I'm not like saying the Raptors, the Clippers are invalid. You know what I mean? I'm saying we just given what Chris Carter's sources connected directly connected to Kawhi say, we're actually in the running with. You know what I mean? Like he keeps repeatedly saying. I'm not saying we're not. I'm not York. saying we're not in the running. I'm just. I'm just saying like why would he choose us as his final destination? That's all. That's that's like what we're trying to like discuss. That's that's it. I know. I know. But that's what I just said though. I gave you the reason, but like that's no reflection on Toronto or anything. Like, mm-hmm. and the whole biggest thing is like coming to New York is different from going to Toronto, bro. Like that's that's a simple fact of the matter. We're a big market. Like Toronto's ratings don't even count in terms of like the NBA ratings. That's why this playoff, this NBA Finals, is the lowest rated finals in years because Toronto is a whole. Is in a whole nother country, bro. Like he's ice. It's the same shit they said when he got traded there last year. Like, what what the fuck does he want to do in Canada? Mm-hmm. Like, great ball team, but like in terms of just like this, like Toronto's obviously supposedly supposedly a wonderful city. That's a, that's what everybody says. I'm not gonna doubt that, but it's all the way in Canada. You know what I mean? He's a dude that grew up in Compton. You know what I mean? Like with an uncle that grew up in the New York, New Jersey area. Like I. I think there's a reason why we're actually been connected to him since the last year. I mean, that's not to make, to make it too argumentary, but I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, there is some actual, like, it just makes sense. You know, like, he could win away with Toronto and dip and just come and try to build up another franchise because, like, like it, it's I think it's a legit point that he walked into a ready-made situation, bro. Like, they were already a contender. The only obstacle in their way was LeBron and DeRozan being a fraud, basically. So they replaced the fraud... <laughs> With a superstar, and then LeBron got out of there. Like, and look what happened. We're one game away from being champions. It's well, wild. Well, I hope I hope that's right. I hope it works out, man. So let's let's move forward from Kawhi. We still have a few more other players to mention. Uh, I think you and I agree. Clay is probably going to stay put in the Warriors. Um, if not the Warriors, maybe the Lakers. Uh, but I don't I don't think any other team is really in consideration. Do you agree? Same. I think uh. I don't know where I saw this. I don't even know how legitimate it is. But, like, there was a report that if Clay doesn't get the money he wants from Golden State, he'd love to go play with LeBron. And the feeling is, like, mutual. And, like, obviously his game is tailor-made to fit with LeBron. So, right. I mean, if, if uh, L.A. gets AD and then they still got, like, 30 mil left and, you know, Clay feels insulted by Golden State, I mean, that's a fire big three out there in the Lakers, you know. We'll see. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Clay is most likely... Uh, going to state, and I give like a ten percent chance to the, to the Lakers. Fair enough. Uh, Kemba Walker is next. So Kemba Walker's situation is interesting because he made an All NBA team, making him eligible for a supermax contract of two hundred and twenty million dollars with his current team, the Charlotte Hornets. 
Uh, any other team? Two hundred twenty is fucking a lot. Uh, for a twenty-nine-year-old point guard. Um, twenty-nine-year-old five-eleven point guard that relies on quickness. Yep. Um, and any other team that makes an offer to him can offer him max like a hundred and forty mil. Uh, for the same number of years, which I believe is five years. Is it one forty mil or one ninety? I, no, I think it's 140. There's an 80 million dollar difference. Jesus. 80 million dollars for, and this is important because Kemba Walker took a pay cut his last contract, so he's he's gonna mm-hmm. have it on the back of his mind now. His situation is that he has always been playing with the Hornets his whole life, um, or NBA life, and they have never they've made the playoffs maybe one uh, once maybe twice. Uh, not much success. They they the team didn't really get any good players after they drafted him, um, and they they probably won't win much, many more games if they do sign him to that contract unless they draft better, which they haven't done historically. So the other thing is that Michael Jordan isn't known to be someone who's a spender as an owner. Um, so if he does sign Kevin, uh, not Kevin, uh, Kemba Walker to that supermax, he'll be they'll the team will fall on the luxury tax, which. He may feel is not worth it, especially if they're not really winning games like that. But also, you have to keep in mind, no one really wants to sign with Charlotte, so uh, mm-hmm. you need you need you need people to come watch players. So if Kemba's not there, there's not really any other, any other player to come watch for. So he wouldn't be making money. So yeah, and, and I don't think Charlotte's ever played the luxury tag either. Luxury tax either, mm-hmm. like since MJ's been an owner, so that's going to be a pretty steep cost for him if they do give him that contract. Exactly. But yeah, go on. So. And Kemba, Kemba has expressed interest in re-signing with the team, but he said he's going to listen to other offers too. So I believe that if they do offer him the 220, he's going to stay put. I think I think 99% of people out there would if they're offered $80 million more than any other team. Um, but if he doesn't get that offer and another team uh, gives him an offer, what teams do you think would give him the offer? What other teams are likely besides the Hornets? Um, well, I saw it reported that the three biggest suitors that uh, if he leaves Charlotte is uh, us, the Lakers, and uh, the Mavs. Mm-hmm. I think in of all those teams, um, Kemba's probably more likely to go to the, the Mavs. Just because um, with us, I would say us, but like I saw recently um, some Charlotte-based reporters that um, you know, would obviously be familiar with uh, Kemba and like what his people are thinking were saying that Kemba's not all too fond of going back home to New York. Yeah. So, I mean, which is understandable because I feel like that that's that that same kind of thing came out with uh, KD and the Wizards a couple years back that he was really trying to go home and a lot of players don't like not a lot but like there are players out there that don't really want to go back to that to their home. You know what I mean? Like because for one reason or another, uh, could be just like family members always pestering them for tickets and some shit like that. So, um, I think like obviously we've got interest in Kemba that that's been reported, but I don't think that feeling is mutual. Um, I think what most likely happens is um, similar to what you were saying. I think MJ doesn't give him the supermax. I think he gets like a four-year deal. Um, Kemba, similar to like Al Horford, like three years ago in 2016, he didn't get a five-year deal from Atlanta, so he took a four-year deal from Boston instead. Because if you gotta get the same money, you might as well go to a better situation, right? Yep. So I, I think it would be the same way with Kemba. Uh, Charlotte offers him like a four-year deal. Um, he feels insulted, and he takes like a four-year deal with like the Mavs. You know what I mean, I think I think Kemba, if he's not gonna be a Hornet, he's probably gonna be Mav. But dude, definitely, definitely wants to stay in North Carolina, bro. Like, which is wild to me. But I mean, yeah. I 
I told you this earlier today, like through through our like message through our chats. So, uh, it's I think that if the Lakers do land Anthony Davis, which they now they actually have a pretty good chance of doing because they can offer the best players or best package for Anthony Davis. I think if they do make that trade, I think that the Lakers would be able to convince Kemba Walker to join them. Uh, a few reasons, say say the Hornets do offer more money than the Lakers, not 80 mil, say like 40 mil. I think I think that. Uh, Kemba being a 29-year-old will have to consider life after the NBA similar to, similar to what LeBron did. And I think LeBron can have those that conversation with Kemba and just say, hey, uh, come to L.A. This is where I can, you know, help you meet people and network and, you know, get some more sponsorships. Because really, NBA players, like we mentioned in previous pods, uh, they make they make a lot more money through endorsements and sponsorships than their actual salaries. So if, if LeBron mm-hmm. can show him the right people he can make that money uh, in different ways. And he'll have a chance to play with the arguably the greatest player of all time, LeBron James, while he's still able to play at an extremely high level and join you know, the best big man in the NBA in Anthony Davis. And he could be that player that LeBron could feed the ball to and he'll score his threes. He doesn't his, – his athleticism wouldn't be as required as it has been while he was a Hornet. So – I think he would have his no best chance at a championship with the Lakers, still make money uh, through endorsements and not take that big of a pay cut, and he could be their max deal. And also, high-level free agents apparently aren't that interested in joining the Lakers for whatever reason. I think Kemba Walker would be. I think that's the thing that, like, my biggest hang-up with the Lakers. When I saw that, too. I think it was Woj on ESPN said high-level free agents are interested in the Lakers. And, I mean, me personally, I group Kemba to that. I think all these guys we mentioned, all the Ks, are high-level free agents, quote-unquote. Um so I don't, I don't, I mean, I, if, if Kemba falls under that, under that umbrella, I don't think he's going to the Lakers, bro. I don't, I don't think he's itching to do that. Um, just cause like, I think it's like, this is total wild speculation, but I think it just goes back to what KD was saying about, um, other stars going to play with LeBron. They, they, not even just KD, but like Bosh and Love. When you're the third banana, you know what I mean? It's just like a big, big step back and, I mean, Kemba goes from being the man for, like, eight years to, like, being the third guy uh, next to LeBron, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see it, but I think, like, a team like the Mavs, where he's just, like, a young squad, he can go there and be, like, uh, the secondary guy to uh, Luka, and they both can, like, you know, set, set the table for KP if he's healthy and all that. That's not a bad situation, you know? And mm-hmm. Dallas is apparently a nice city, too, and... If you're talking about like investment opportunities, all that, well, better than like Mr. Shark Take himself, you know, more Cuban. So, um, we'll see. I mean, Dallas has never really gotten a free agent either in recent years. They've been famously striking out, um, until they got DeAndre last year, um, after he bailed on him like three years sure. prior. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they yeah, got, I mean, Dar- got Darren Williams too late, too. They tried really hard to get him, and they got him while he was a super washed, yep. super washed, bro. But, um, oh yeah, I wanted to bring up. I'm looking at my notes right now, and that's right, listeners. I got notes. We we prepare for our shit. This this ain't all off the top of the dome, you know. But um, we didn't mention that Kyrie fired his agent, longtime agent, who apparently mm-hmm. been with since he got into the league. And he got with um. So let's take a step back. When the news dropped on Twitter, everybody was saying he was gonna sign with Clutch. You know what I mean? LeBron's agency, quote unquote. Um, and then it became Rock Nation. And then, I mean, you know what that means. He's pretty much set set up for Brooklyn. Um, the news came out today. He's pretty much destined for Brooklyn, right? But last night, 
I think I sent you the tweet. It was like a Brooklyn Nets writer was saying that the the Rock Nation CEO is the brother of a one of the executives that works for the Nets. So I mean, that seems like a conflict of interest in tampering. But I mean, if it, if it's illegal, I mean, shit, seemed like he does it for the Nets, bro. I mean, we already pe- moved on from the Kyrie topic, but I just want to throw that out there for extra context. No, it's a good. It's a very good point to make. Um, I think it pretty much looks like that. I feel like that almost solidifies Kyrie being playing Brooklyn next season, which should be exciting. Uh, nonetheless, um, at least he's in New York, so Brooklyn. It's gonna hurt though. It it yeah. would hurt. It would hurt. They're definitely gonna have that on on the Knicks uh, fans, but whatever. We'll see. If we don't get, I mean, shit. I mean, I won't give a fuck if we do get. Knock on wood, um, Kawhi and uh, KD, mm-hmm. even even rehabbing KD. But uh, I mean, it seems like uh, D'Angelo Russell is a, is a fan of like team with Kyrie. I saw today, um, I think it was some fan posted a pic of a Kyrie Brooklyn jersey next to a Russell um, Brooklyn jersey, and uh, D'Angelo liked it. So in, in our age of social media, that means a lot, right? So, yep. yeah. So. Okay, so I think our final. We moving thing... on to the elephant in the in the room. Yeah. Um... <laughs> First off, I mean, we all know who the elephant is, Mr. Kevin Durant. Uh, by now, all our listeners have seen his injury, right? So, first and foremost, I want to say it out right out the way. I'm gonna ask you a question, bro. You ready? Yep. Would you still give KD the max a max contract this summer? Yes. Me too, but I want to hear your reasoning. Well, why? Because I feel like a lot of people, um, I saw a poll the other day on Mr. Tommy Beer, Tommy Breer, I what his name is, but uh, yeah, Beer, yeah, uh, good dude, I mean, his shit is on fire, like, his shit is crazy, like, his articles and shit, he's probably one of the smartest Knicks fans on there, low-key, um, I know we shout out Macri a lot, but that dude's pretty good, too, mm-hmm. but um, he posted a poll, got, like, 4K votes on Twitter, about 70 or 65% of the fans said they still give KD a max contract, but... If it was like a week ago, it probably would have been what ninety nine percent, right? Yeah. So there's definitely a percentage of fans that are like not trying to give a dude that had a, has a ruptured Achilles a max contract. But um, so I want you to kind of explain your reason why you would still would do that. Uh, so you said most people or a good amount of people wouldn't want to sign a dude with a ruptured Achilles. This not a good yeah. This like thirty five percent of that that vote yeah. Right, but this isn't any dude. This is Kevin Durant. Kevin fucking Durant. This is. Arguably the best player in the NBA, uh, one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen. This isn't Omari Stoudemire. This isn't a guy who came off of two microfracture surgeries with eye problems. What a, yeah, and, what and, a stupid ass comparison, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. I saw that on Twitter too. Yeah, fucking it, idiots out man, there, bro. People are saying like, oh, oh, the Knicks didn't learn from the Omari Stoudemire. No, that's they. Of course they learned from it, but how many opportunities do you get to sign the? I'm gonna call Kevin Durant the best player in the NBA. I'm just gonna move forward and just call him that. How many Easily, chances? before he went, out, went down, he was the best player in the NBA. But yeah, continue. Yeah, he came back for a month in, like, after a month off, and he was just lighting it up, and you could see that everybody played way differently when he was there. But anyway, how many chances do do you get to sign the best player in the NBA? How many chances have the Knicks gotten to sign the best player in the NBA? Zero. Uh, LeBron James does not count because we didn't get remotely close to signing him back in 2010. Um, we got a Kevin, meeting. He, he apparently almost snoozed off, and so... That kind of counts. <laughs> you don't get chances to sign Kevin Durant. Now, I understand um, this will be a five-year deal, so by the time he comes out of this, he'll be 35 years old, and I understand he's gonna it, his contract would eat up a lot of cap space, but it's worth the gamble 
when it's Kevin Durant. There's no other. There's only a handful of players in the NBA that you would want to make that gamble on. Kevin Durant is one of them. Now, I understand a ruptured Achilles is one of the worst injuries to get. It basically ended Kobe's career. That being said, I want to get to that, but uh, I'll, yeah. I'll let's continue. That I got being thoughts said, on that. It, it, there, it's ended a lot of careers. One player in particular whose career it didn't end was Dominique Wilkins, who was at the point you're going to make. <laughs> I got a little more detail, okay. but yeah, Nick was going to come now, up. So. Now, Dominique Wilkins came back from, from his injury, started averaging about close to 30 points per game, scored extremely well, and people will say that, oh, he's one of he's only one of the, the many players who's gotten injured who's come back. Kevin Durant, the way Kevin Durant plays isn't thunderous dunks, and it's not highly physical. He is not only an amazing scorer, he's a great shooter too, 54-90 on multiple seasons. Elite shooter, bro. And he's seven feet tall. Nobody's touching his jumper. My apologies. You're absolutely right. Elite shooter. <laughs> One of the best shooters in the NBA right now. Um, the way the way I see it, he's absolutely 150 percent worth giving that that maximum contract to. He'll be an automatic magnet to other free agents and other players who want to join. I think we'll we'll t- we'll talk about scenarios that that the Knicks can have with with other players that they can sign, should they go for Anthony Davis or Kawhi or whatever, what kind of scenarios we like, we would want to see ultimately, I would absolutely want to sign Kevin Durant. It, even if he's out for a year, he'll come back the next season. He'll By the time he'll fully be at his 100% will probably be when he's like 32, maybe a little past that. But at that point, hopefully, we'll see if we, we develop our young squad. We'll see if we trade him. We're still going to have our flexibility and all of our trade assets. So... Yeah, and um, yeah. just the point I want to make about the Achilles before, like you said, before we get into scenarios, but um, the doctor that operated on him, Doctor Martin O'Malley, he's got that dude is shooting like a hundred percent from the field. Like, there's there's a reporter I, whose tweet I like. He basically described this dude as a LeBron. He's like, if if a doc, if if LeBron James has Steph Curry's jump shot, that's that's what he is in terms of the medical world, in terms of like the, the foot and foot operations. He actually operated on KD with his broken foot in 2015. He operated on Joel Embiid with his nav- navicular bone surgery. Brooke Lopez with his foot ch- surgery. Ben Simmons with his foot surgery. Karis LeVert recently with his foot surgery. Rudy Gay's Achilles tendon injury. Brooke Lopez with ankle injury. Vince Carter in 2008, who's still active, mind you, right now, playing at age 42. Otel Beckham with his ankle injury. Basically, every dude that he's ever operated on either came back to play at the same level or better. I think that's significant. You know what I mean? This dude has basically uh, got gifted hands. And my biggest point with – so I mentioned Rudy Gay, right? Rudy Gay came back. Um, he got injured the same age as KD, same position. I don't want – like nobody's the same player as KD, but he's the same kind of player, uh, like a score for a swing man, you know what I mean, with like – thunderous dunks every now and then some athleticism he came back within seven months signed with the spurs that that summer if you remember um and he's been giving him good minutes like this playoff run you see him yamming it on dudes like he looked like he never lost a step he had a game winner yep west matthews uh torn achilles i think it was like four months later he signed with the mavs four years for 70 mil he didn't look like the same player but he was older and he still was an effective player up until this last year where he just looked washed you know what i mean that's significant. And um, another interesting point I saw brought up, all these dudes, like, let me name a couple names that um had, their, had a ruptured Achilles. Left ruptured Achilles. 
Barkley's or Tony Kelly's. Rudy Gay, Kobe, Wes Matthews, Shanti Billups, right? Elton Brand and Boogie. I brought up the left, the left foot or whatever. Not left hand. Did I say left hand? Left um, foot. I, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So they all got their Achilles injuries on their left foot, which is significant because they're all righty players, right? And if you play ball, you know when you make layups as a righty or you shoot with as a righty, your left foot is a driving foot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. There's more pressure, moment, momentum on it. KD, his ruptured Achilles was on his right foot. He only wants to do that to get a right ruptured Achilles and come back and look either the same or even better with Neek, Dominique, who was older when that happened, and Jonas Jurepko, who's who's pretty much went back to being the same player he was, a role player that could hit jumpers, you know what I mean? I think it's significant because it in terms of the recovery time and in terms of like the, the level of player he will be, like I think KD might be the same player, even just like 90% of what he was, which is still probably one of the greatest players of all time, bro. Like, that's why, I mean, to add to your point, I'm not hesitating when it comes to giving him the max. It's called making a calculated risk. And if KD wants to be here, we're not going to stick our nose up and say, nah, bro. Like, uh, like if, if a top 10 player all time, and I'm going to put him, put KD right there. You know what I mean? You can argue with me. You you fight me. Anybody can fight me out there. I'll, I'll fight you about this. 10, 10 but if a top, uh, 15, sure. If a top 10 player of all time says he wants to join your franchise, regardless of his injury, you got to do it. Because like, I think that's the only opportunity for us to get a definite, like, at least right now, a definite top tier talent. You Especially know what I mean? if you are the New York Knicks. Exactly. We've never had that opportunity. You know what I mean? So let, let's, now we go into scenarios, right? Let's sign KD, um, let him rehab for a year while the kids play you know what i mean play and get better so when he does come back he'll be ready to step in into a situation that like the young and into a situation that we're like he's familiar with the surroundings already he's rehabbing and similar to how kp was on the bench last year this time kd will actually probably be engaged you know what i mean kd from all and from all reports everything you hear about people that know him that speak about him he loves basketball he loves the aspect of helping younger players that's why all these younger players idolize him so if he comes to our squad, he's mentoring these kids while he's rehabbing, you know what I mean? Giving them pointers and, like, working with them, you know what I mean? Working with a culture and building a culture, that's beautiful, bro. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much of a benefit to having a dude like that it's within your within your organization. Like, and this is Kevin fucking Durant, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like I, I saw a report today that he might be out for the year. Rudy Gay came back in seven months. Uh, Wes Matthews came back in, like, eight months. Um, KD, I would like Rudy Gay is probably the most solid comparison. Um, he's a little like like two two inches on him, you know. He's a slender dude, so I don't want to throw Boogie in there because Boogie's like a three hundred pounder, so it was always gonna be tough for him to come back. And it took him like a year to come back, right? I think KD could be back in like um, six to nine months. And I think um, I sent you that article today, right? It was like the New York Post. Uh, another doctor who's actually a colleague of a dude who who actually operated on KD. He said with the medical advances today and the technology and all the different kind of, you know, strategies that the doctor mm-hmm. that are, like operated on KD is aware of, that dude's like progressive with it. He's innovative as a surgeon. Like KD could be back in six to nine months, bro. Like that's so if you could like sign him to a mass contract, let him rest up, let him heal in your in your building, in your in your organization, and then when he comes back, you've got Kevin fucking Durant. And the moment he steps on the garden floor. That ga- that first game back will probably blow out Melo's first game after become after getting traded, bro. Like in terms of the the vibe, the aura, the atmosphere, it's gonna be fucking electric, bro. Yep. And I think I think you and I can speak for 
a good amount of the fans of the Knicks that we're we're not trying to win a title in 2020 or 2020. Well, maybe 2021. I don't know. But 2020, we're okay with not making it to the playoffs again. We're like we can be patient for a little bit more while we're while we're watching Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, and R.J. Barrett and Dennis Smith Jr. light it up as as well as they can. We're down to mm-hmm. get another lottery pick. We saw we saw we saw the Pelicans get the number one pick this season. The Knicks don't have to tank as hard as they did this past season because we know that's not necessary. They can still try to win as many games as they can, learn, get better, and wait for Kevin Durant to to come back. So I exactly I, I tweeted this recently. I, I wrote out six scenarios, um, and each each of those uh, scenarios that I would be at least content with, and each one of those have Kevin Durant on the Knicks and. To, to people who don't want Kevin Durant, they're probably more okay with tanking another season. Like I think that's what they're saying. I think Goodman said, "No, just don't don't waste cap space. Just let the kids play. Why not let the I kids mean, that's play the thing, with though. Kevin I'll Durant be... on your bench?" Yeah, not to cut you off, but like tanking's not gonna happen. No. I mean, the only reason we tank this year is just is because KP's injury it was a necessity. You know what I mean? They were forced into it, but like from everything you hear Mills and Perry say, they're about building a culture, sustainable winning. You know what I mean? I think they're gonna actually try to go for it. And that doesn't mean like hand out stupid ass contracts like Tobias or anything like that, because they've also pretty much directly said we're not gonna throw big money, just throw big money. They're the only time the only thing they're gonna do with the money, if they can't get the elite guys, right, is just probably use it to attain assets. So like take on a, a big contract from a team that doesn't want it with draft picks attached, right? Similar to what the Nets have been doing the last couple of years. Um similar to what the the Hawks just did with the Allen Crab trade. You know what I mean? They took on a big contract, but they got a first-round pick out of it. Two first-round picks, I think. Yeah. So I think, worst-case scenario, if we don't get nobody, if KD decides he wants to just stay in Golden State for another year or he just goes to the Clippers, use all that cap space to just take on people's bad contracts, like big expiring contracts, and get draft picks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, to sign, like, some vets to, like, one-year deals. Like, let's say, shit, we miss out on KD. For some reason, it doesn't happen. We use that con- that money give Marcus Morris a, a big one year deal, Patrick Beverly a big one year deal. Like capable vets that could come in, play, and be part of a winning like situation and help these young kids like grow. You know what I mean? Because I think Marcus Morris has been connected to us. Like I saw that a report somewhere. So yeah, I, I mean that's my idea. But I, I just don't think tanking is on the table realistically. I think no matter what happens this summer, we're gonna go into the season like with the intention to win games and especially with the lottery odds. We dodge a fucking bullet, bro. Like people that listen to that lottery podcast saw the raw emotion of just like not falling to top to the to fifth pick. You know what I mean? That's too risky to outright tank. But if we were to go for like an eighth eighth seed and we end up like tenth or eleventh, we still have good odds to jump up into the top five. You know, mm-hmm. like. But uh, yeah, I mean that's not to go off on a complete huge tangent. But yeah, I'd go on with your these scenarios and all sure. that. So as far as like scenarios go. The, the one that you just mentioned where we don't sign anybody, we play the kids and sign some nice vets or expiring contracts, that would be an, a, like a pretty decent situation. After that, uh, what you just said, but we have Kevin Durant. So we probably wouldn't be able to take on an expiring. We, we could probably take maybe one expiring contract because we'll still have 38 mil to work with um, or whatever the math is because uh, we would only be signing one max free agent, Kevin Durant. That would be like the second worst situation I'd be okay with. Third is Kevin Durant and Kyrie or Kemba. Uh, fourth, or basically as the numbers go higher, they get better or more preferred for me at least. 
the next one is we signed Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and nobody else, and we uh, we we play with the kids and and Kawhi. Uh, fifth best or or sorry uh, second best right now is trading for Anthony Davis and signing Kyrie and KD so Kyrie and AD would be running the show um, with some nice vets and KD would be rehabbing for a season uh, that this 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 tweet I wrote yesterday so this is before the whole Nets report came out today so this one doesn't really work out. And the best situation, I think, for us moving forward would be trading for Anthony Davis, signing Kawhi Leonard, and Kevin Durant. This is a pipe dream. Prob- like Most likely not going to happen. But those are the few situations that are still possibilities for us. I'm, ri- I'm riding my man, Chris Carter, bro. That man has seen it all. That man has done crack. He- he's been through the fire <laughs> and brimstone. He's... He has, yeah. You see that? You you hear about that? Like he got kicked out of the NFL early in his career because he was addicted to crack, and he oh. made a comeback, and became a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, I'm not gonna take that man's word lightly. You know what I mean? So, he, if he says he got sources, legitimate sources, and today he was saying he has sources in the, in the Knicks organization that say we're still going all in on KD regardless of the injury, right? I hope so. So, yeah. So I'm riding with kid with uh, my man CC. You know what I mean? He Chris does Carter, have a good. So. He does have a good track record. He hasn't been wrong too often. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I think it, it just all jives together. You know what I mean? Like, his biggest thing about, like, we're not that interested in Kyrie as we've been perceived to be, it all makes sense when, when you see Kyrie's pivoting to the net, to the Nets as his main main focus. You know what I mean? Because I think he heard directly that, like, yo, don't put all your eggs in the Knicks basket because they they're not feeling you like that unless, you're, unless they, you know, you're a backup plan. So I think, like, it, it's it's definitely a pipe dream, but I think it's a lot more realistic than we've been, we've been led on to believe. And... If they kind of been covert setting the table for Kawhi to come here, wouldn't that make sense? Just given how they've operated since Scott Perry got here, like total secrecy and moves out the blue. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to convince you to join my side, but like, like I'm you see on what your I mean, side. Right? I'm on. I mean, I'm on your <laughs> side in terms of that I want it, but in terms of like believing in it. No, I'm not. I'm saying, either. bro, like the KP <laughs> trade. The news came out. Yo, he want he demanded the trade. Two hours later, he's gone. You know what I mean? What, there are no leaks with this Knicks front office. That's one thing I love about Scott Perry. He cleaned shit up when he got here. Mm-hmm. Like, what leaks have we seen in the last two years? Like that, like you know, forecast the move we're gonna make right before. Well, Kevin Durant. Like last. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not come from us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think maybe last year, the Knox thing. But the Knox didn't become obvious as our pick until literally the night before the draft. Do you remember that? We were talking about it. Like, we all thought it was Mikhail Bridges, Miles Bridges, and then Knox kind of came into the forefront. Yeah. So. There, there was also the uh, wanting to trade the first pick to for, to get Anthony Davis. They probably shouldn't have said that. Did we say that, though? Or did, like, did that come Like I'm saying, like... It got leaked. The but then my whole point is, like... The first pick and then trade it right away for Anthony Davis. Yeah, true. But then, like, no leaks happen before a move that actually happens. You know what I mean? All the moves that we've Fair. made, is it's never been reported before it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of wild. Like, credit to – they could pull this off. Like, like I'm, I'm still with you on it being a pipe dream, but I think get a statue it's a pipe for dream that's get, a little more attainable. I'm getting that man tattooed on my chest, his whole face. Like, <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it happen. <laughs> but – I mean that's a beautiful scenario. KD rehabs. I mean, and this is what I brought up with you in the in the chat, right? Like people bring up the Clippers, right? But if KD goes to the Knicks, um, who's Kawhi gonna play with on the Clippers? Like 
Jimmy Butler? What if Jimmy Butler stays in Philly? And is Jimmy Butler better than like an at worst seventy five to eighty percent version of KD? You know what I mean? And Kawhi, you come if he comes here while KD's rehabbing, he runs shit until KD's back. And then when KD's back, it's still Kawhi's team. You know what I mean? Because KD will still be trying to get his legs. You know what I mean? I think that's an appealing situation for a dude like Kawhi. You know, just he- giving all the little little hints about him. I mean. I'm just working overtime to make you come to my side, bro. <laughs> the realism of it. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Butler and the Clippers with Doc Rivers is probably better than Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse. Yeah, I mean, I know disrespect to those guys. Cause, I mean, Lowry, he just had 11 straight points to start the first quarter of this game, right? That, that, I don't think that's ever happened before. At least that's what ESPN just said. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Scored, yeah, the Raptors' first 11 points, most consecutive to start an NBA Finals game since 76. Nice. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even still, he's like 33, 34 years old. Like, I, I mean, say what you will about the Raptors. Do you see anything sustainable about that? I mean, we're going off on a whole tangent, but I kind of want to go back to it. But do you see anything sustainable long term about the Raptors other than Pascal Siakam? Um, how is Kyle Lowry again? He's over. He's like 31, right? Not even. He's like 33. 33. Really? About to be 34, I think. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's been around, bro. That's a good. That's actually a great question. Um, besides, I mean, Van Vliet is just like a microwave off the bench. But yeah, like that's, six that's actually a great right. question. Marcus All is isn't gonna be as good as he is ain't, like for much longer. Uh, I think Gasol's even older than Lowry. Yeah, no, definitely he's old as fuck. Um, Kyle Lowry is isn't gonna be able to sustain this much longer. This is his. This is his window. Um, Ibaka, I think he's like thirty something too. Yeah. 29, he, but, like, the quote-unquote 29, you know? He just got rejuvenated for this finals, but he's been pretty whack for, for a while. Um, damn, that's a, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. They don't have – they're, they're going to be on the decline right after right after this postseason. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I'm not going to doubt Masai Ujiri. I was, just I, I was one of those. Yeah. I was one of those folks that was, like, skeptical of him early on when he was on Nuggets GM, but, like, that dude's proven too much already, like – yeah. He can attain talent, but I mean, if you're Kawhi, like it, this, this goes back to the whole idea of like um, front offices matter to a player's perception, but it's also just like players too. If he looks around, say, regardless of them winning, he looks around the locker room. Is he like, is he banking on Pascal Siakam becoming his 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 Robin for the next year or two? You know, so I think that's what's been reported. Like, if he does stay in Toronto, it will be like a short term deal. You know, mm-hmm. but is he? I just I don't know. I mean, winning a ring is a, means a lot. Obviously, that's that's what this whole sport is about. It, it's I don't think it's ever happened where the superstar won a ring and just dipped the next year, right? But if if there's a guy that's gonna do it, is it Kawhi the kind of dude to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. No, that that Toronto point was is very fair. Very fair. <clears throat> All right. Well, shit, dude. This has been it's. <laughs> It's almost been an hour and a half of this episode. We, <laughs> we feed in the streets, bro. It's, it's, it's been a month. You know what I mean? Like, we've given them exactly what they want. So, I was blathering about free agency. So next episode will, will probably be draft day or draft night. The thing is that I'm going to be in California at the time. So we'll we'll figure it out. We might try to do something. <clears throat> we might try to do like another live session like we did for the lottery. But, you, you know, you and I will figure it out. It might, it'll, it'll probably be either live reaction or post reaction. But some some wild shit might happen in the next seven days. Some wild shit always happens every day. So 
we'll see. Maybe next time we record this, uh, Anthony Davis will be a Nick or a Laker, or maybe a Celtic. We'll see. Probably a Laker for being Probably a real Laker. like. Yeah. But then like I thought I thought so too with the trade deadline, but like these leaks that are just coming out, like about the trade, all the trade details, like. I mean, it's not just about the Knicks thing, but like, has the trade ever like happened with the leaks being that public? You know what I mean? I think the last time something similar was like the Mellow deal. You know what I mean? But otherwise, like all these big moves that happen with stars just kind of just happen. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe a mystery team comes in and gets AD. Yeah. That'd be wild. That's more likely to happen than anything. If if history to- showed us anything, history taught I'm us. I'm be anything. so pissed if it's the Nets, bro. I do not want to see them flourish. <laughs> I'm just being a hater, but I'm, I'm at least I'm honest about it. Hell no. <laughs> That's low key a big worry of mine. Actually, they they if, if Russell's down, I don't think Russell will be down to do a sign trade uh, to go to the Pelicans, but uh, you never know. Yeah, no, I just like the Nets just traded a future pick, so like, wouldn't that weaken their assets? You know what I mean? They traded this year's pick and a future pick. So, like, they, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think 80 to the Nets will happen, but I'm just saying I'd be pissed if it does. Like, And then I think I saw a report today from NBC Sports that the Clippers are trying to engage with the Pelicans on talks, but, like, Griffin, like, David Griffin's not feeling what they're offering. David Griffin, the Pelicans GM, for our listeners that are unaware. I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see, right? We will. All right, so that that about wraps up. We we actually like dissected as much as we could, I think. We but also we could talk about this for for hours. Um, there's just there's just so many different situations, and this is I've never seen a situation like this before for at least us as as Knicks fans. So it's, it's just wild convoluted, bro. It's like a whole time travel conversation in Endgame. Like there's <laughs> all different kind of angles and shit trying to explain to Paul Rudd. It's wild. <laughs> All right, so I mean, yeah, you have any final pointers you want to make, or are you ready to just look out for next week's draft? R.J. Barrett, yo. Yo, we. Uh, I kind of want to, if you don't mind, just kind of just talk about R.J. a little bit because I think just we've been wrapped up in free agency. That like, yo, next week we're literally making the highest pick we've ever made since Patrick Ewing, and we're getting R.J. Barrett, who is to look. At, yeah, I told you I didn't watch much – like, obviously, neither of us watched much college basketball this season. But it was mostly just Duke games. And, like, Zion was special, but I'm, I'm still a big fan of RJ, bro. Like, there was some moments he was frustrating. But I think if Zion's the LeBron in his draft and RJ's the D-Wade, you know what I mean? And it's never a bad thing to have. Like, yeah. that dude looks like a stud. And I think he'll be better in the NBA than the college game just because of the additional spacing. It's just easier to be a perimeter player in the NBA now than it is, like, in college where they're, like – Way more, way, way less spacing because I can. Was it in Duke? They had no shooters on the floor. So how are you going to be a drive to the rim when your whole game is about driving to the rim? How are you going to do that when it's just the whole paint is clogged always? You know what I mean? Right. It's like I'd be like that in NBA. His passing is very underrated too. He averaged close to five assists a game, and people don't really look into that as much. But everyone knows he's a scorer. He can score points. Sometimes not mm-hmm. so efficiently, but his passing is also very good, which is going to help. If he, when he comes in as a rookie and he's able to dish the ball out, throw lobs out to, to Mitch and, you know, pass it to Knox and suddenly Knox is able to shoot three-pointers, it's going to be good. He could be an all-around player. 
Yeah, and he's already kind of got like a grown man body. Like he's like last year's number three pick, Luca, special kid, right? He came in looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's not RJ though. Like this is he's built damn near like a grown man, and like I think he averaged like what was like seven, seven or six boards a game in college, yeah. like. That's like one of the biggest stats that always translate from college to N- to NBA is just rebounding. You know what I mean? I think there's been studies done about that. Like if you're a great rebounder in college, chances are you'll be the same in NBA. So like you're you're six seven shooting guard, like being able to disguise for rebounds and push the break on the other end. That's a, that's a special trait. You know what I mean? Right. So and he's learning. I'm hyped to see what Fizzo can do with him. And he's learning from one of the smartest players in NBA history, and Steve Nash, his godfather. So. That's that's something <laughs> that's extremely important. That, that's a wild, wild sense. Godfather Steve Nash, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Given the Knicks' highest picks is Patrick Ewing pointers. What a lovely sentence. That's <laughs> that's porn for the for the basketball mind. You know what I mean? That he got the pedigree. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, it's almost too good to be true, bro. Like, knock on wood, he stays healthy. Like, I'm just. We didn't give RJ enough, like, shine, bro. It's just, like, we haven't recorded in a month. This whole episode is about free agency. Like, that young man's going to be – I'm hyped to get him, bro. Like, I'm yeah. mad excited. You I'll, know? I'll be tight if they just end up getting Jared Culver instead because some people are claiming that that might be a possibility. I heard that, but it's also just, like, too much of the reporting recently saying, like, the Knicks are set on him. You know what I mean? Um, and just because not even, like, they love RJ, obviously, but it's also just, like, RJ has higher trade value, you know? Jared Culver kind of just don't pop off the tongue as much as R.J. Barrett, you know, in terms of right. perception and trade value. So, let's say, let's say, you know, one one quick scenario, most likely not the case, but you know, let's just do it for fun. Let's say number two Grizzlies pick Culver, and we're left with Moran and R.J. Would you still take R.J.? I want to say yeah, but that's just my own like personal preference because I'll be honest with you, like this, like I've never seen a Murray State game. I think I saw one game in the tournament, and I like what I saw from John Morant, you know what I mean? Uh, but um, I just, I don't know. Like, I think we already got Dennis. I'm still high on him. Um, I think RJ just fits in nicely, you know? Like, he's our wing player. Um, I, I, I'm still thinking Knox is more so of a stretch four when he grows into his body, you know? I think just, like, Dennis, RJ, Knox, and Mitch – um, and hopefully Frank, if he gets his shit together, that's that's a nice little young core. You know what I mean? It just it just fits all nice together. Yeah. You know? I'm sure you saw Frank shooting them corner threes, right? He posted a video yesterday or today. Yeah, that French uh, Knicks podcast account that we yeah. follow on the on our Twitter page to uh, talk about how like he's been taking like a thousand threes a game or a day. Finally. I mean, yeah. Why 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 did it take until like right before year three? Like, I, <laughs> come on, Frankie. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, do you want to go back to the Frank trade rumors? Like, it seems like we might just trade him on draft night, which would suck, but I kind of get it. Clears out cap space and makes sure we keep uh, uh, Trier and uh, Dotson, which is kind of an underrated factor a lot of people haven't really brought up. Um, if we want to keep those guys and have two max, two max spots, we're going to have to trade Frank, it looks like. It kind of sucks, but, I mean, it's for the greater good, right? Yeah, I mean, if that's – if. If we're ready to sign two two max guys, then, then I'm, yeah, that's. I understand. It it'll be okay. Would you would you trade Frank straight up for the let's say uh, Cleveland's number twenty six pick? No. And maybe a second. Uh huh. That's more than we got from Billy, and Billy made an all rookie team. Billy Hernan Gomez. Yeah. If the name didn't ring a bell. No, I I know Billy. <laughs> you're talking about what you're saying for the listeners, obviously, right? Um. 
Yeah, I'd probably be down. If it's a first rounder and a second rounder, sure. If it's straight up just for the 26th or whatever pick number number pick you said, I probably wouldn't do it. Because the talent is supposedly supposed to drastically drop after like the top four. So I can only imagine yeah. how, how bad it really gets at in the 20s. Fair, fair. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they supposedly said the 2011 draft was like shallow as fuck too, but that looks legendary in hindsight. Jimmy, Clay, Kawhi all went mid to late in the first, and that's not counting like you know Kyrie, Kemba up top. So maybe it'll be one of those situations. But yeah, it's not looking like a good draft past top five this year. Right. All right. I mean, that kind of wraps it up, right? I just want to yeah. give uh, RJ some shine. Our future. Baby boy. Future son. Yeah, yo. <laughs> Number three overall pick, bro. Like, it's, it's a big fucking deal. RJ fucking Barrett, bro. That kid is just... I don't know if it's just, like, sentimental. It's just, like, all these people say the right things when they do get drafted. But when he was talking about, like, yeah, I want to be here. This is the biggest stage. I don't want to work out for nobody else. Like, it just warmed my heart. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, beautiful thing. Yep. So... You're right, that about wraps it up, so real quick, if you don't follow us yet, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, that's at Nickish Podcast. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, retweet, you know, leave a comment, um, uh, subscribe on Apple and Spotify, and, you know, leave us a rating and review for that too. Um, but besides that, you know, keep listening, thank you for, for listening to us on episode number 21 uh, if you made it this far and listened to the whole episode, thank you so much. We hope you, you know, really agree or learn a thing or two about what we feel about the Knicks. And that's what really, that's really what we're trying to do. We're just trying to spread the knowledge to the masses and let them let people know that Knicks fans aren't all ignorant. Um, and yeah. you got two guys here, two fans here, non-experts who <clears throat> kind of know a thing or two about the game. Yeah, and like first and foremost, I hope they were entertained. You know, if you're gonna like give an hour hour and a half of your time listening to us i hope you actually got a couple chuckles and some laughs out of it too you know so (laughs) thanks thanks for listening if you made it this far and uh keep listening also keep kd in your prayers fast and speedy recovery you know what i mean tune in next week or yeah next week for episode number 22 it'll definitely be about the nba draft and reactions from that so we'll see maybe there'll be some crazy trade that happens or some crazy drafting who knows uh, we'll see. So tune in next week for episode twenty-two. Um, and they're de- they're definitely gonna be in next week too. We promise. We will, yes. We're not gonna leave you guys again. Even I'll still be in California. We're still gonna record it. Um, yeah, we're not gonna be in our deadbeat dad shit no more. <laughs> Fucking last month we went out for a pack of cigarettes and didn't come back. So <laughs> our fault. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's about it. So tune in next week. Peace. You gonna say peace? We still recording or? Yeah, you gotta say peace, man, before I stop. Ah, peace, blessings, all that.